welcome to Insights, and today we are talking about COVID-19 and Jesus' second coming. Welcome back to Insights, and again today we have Pastor Eddie Reese with us. Welcome, Pastor. Thank you, Dave. It's great to be here again. And you might remember that we had Eddie with us uh, a couple videos ago. And so anyway, just really glad you could join in and um, looking forward to covering this more of a end times kind of topic today. Yeah. And that's kind of unusual for you. What, what's on your mind? Well, I got to share with you that, you know, God has called me more to be a prophet to the nation, um, meaning like an Isaiah or Jeremiah. And, you know, to warn the nation that we've sown all these seeds and it's not going to turn out well if this is the path we continue on. And, uh, and really to help people respond in faith. Okay, so that's usually the kinds of topics I tried to hit here. Right. But I'll tell you what, just God opening my eyes biblically to COVID-19 pandemics in general and, and Jesus' second coming is like, we got to speak into this. And part of the reason I wanted you to be here today is because... Um, I need help speaking into this because okay. like the end times is not like my main thing. But like a lot of people, you know, I, I do think about it and, and, and pay attention to it in the scriptures and what's going on. Um, but I also want to say this in terms of like help, helping to warn people and respond in faith. I think Jesus' second coming is part of that. Like if we see uh, things happening that are indicators of Jesus' second coming, we need to warn the nation. That helps us as well as responding in faith. And we also talk, you know, about topics that help us stand firm in difficulty. Well, right now in the pandemic, there's a difficulty, but understanding Jesus' second coming can really help us to stand firm as we keep our eyes on the prize, so to speak, being with him forever. A absolutely. And, and look at Luke chapter 21. It talks about uh, men's hearts failing them, you know, for, for, for fear of the things that are coming uh, and are coming in the future. And so... Uh, my desire today would be to inspire them to hang on, not just to hang on, but to be very confident that God has not left us alone. Mm -hmm. in, in these times of, of trouble, uh, uh, where we don't see an answer, God is still in control. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's so good. And um, Eddie, so have you, you know, in all your years of being a pastor, have you thought or focused much on Jesus' second coming? Uh, as a young man, uh, I remember a uh, preacher coming to our church, and he said, we're not at a half hour to Jesus coming. We're at the last minute, like at 12 or 11.59. That's where we're at in Bible prophecy. So as a young man, that really uh, that stuck with me, and that was, it was more uh, for me. Uh, I was serving the Lord because, uh, well, I didn't want to go to hell, all right? But I didn't understand that it's more than just doing it's having a relationship with him that really is sweet okay sure everybody doesn't want to go to hell okay but if you're just serving the lord if you just accepted christ just so you don't go to hell man you're you're missing out okay because he's much more than just a fire insurance mm -hmm. well let's dive into the topic here today then um so I'm looking at the over 100 times that in the Bible the word pestilence or plague is used. And I start noticing this specifically related 
to Jesus' second coming. And specifically, you already mentioned Luke 21, but verse 11 specifically says that, that along with wars and rumors of wars, earthquakes, famines, that pestilence, in other words, pandemics, in other words, COVID-19, these are signs of Jesus' second coming. And I was just blown away. And it's like when I'm in conversations with people or hear what's going on out there in Christendom, I hardly ever hear people even mention this connection. And now if you connect it to other, um, let's call them epidemics, potential pandemics that we've had in the past, like SARS and MERS over the last 20 years, these things are like Jesus' birth pangs. Right, right. Like, are we looking at this through the biblical lens yeah. that actually it's not just about earthquakes, it's not just about wars and rumors of wars. It is about pestilence, pandemics, COVID-19 is an indication that he's returning. With these plagues uh, and pestilences that we're seeing all over the world, okay? Earthquakes, uh, just uh, weather patterns that are changing so drastically. Um, yeah, it's just another indication that the birth pangs are increasing. Mm -hmm. they're, they're getting shorter and shorter. Okay, so if we look at this as birth pangs, I think we can stay rooted in the scriptures and not get off into the ditch somehow, like trying to say when or how yeah, soon. Yeah. But birth pangs, they increase um, in terms of their intensity, but also in terms of their frequency. Yes. And so it seems like on any of these topics, that's what we're seeing. You know, over many years, I've heard, you know, these end times um, preachers talk about earthquakes and they flash up the, the graph on the screen and it's like, wow, they are increasing. So it's like, here we are again, but now we can look at this through the lens of COVID-19, other pandemics, pestilence, and so forth. Um, you know, it's very interesting to me how this could help propel us towards a global government, okay? Um, and I want to get to that in a second, but first I just want to talk about a few scriptures that really focus on the end times and maybe you, you have some others on your mind, but Daniel 7 would be a big one that, that talks about the end times, but also talks about a fourth beast, a global government, and it's terrifying according to Daniel chapter 7. Uh, it took Daniel's breath away literally. <laughs> um, but, you know, we also look at what Jesus uh, prophesied about the second coming. And it will, you know, place like Matthew 24, Mark 13, Luke 21, as we're already talking about here. But we also look at other passages like the end of 1 Thessalonians 4, the beginning of 1 Thessalonians 5, uh, encouraging passage. But again, we're in the context here of, of Jesus' um, second coming. And of course, the entire book of Revelation, which by the way, the word plagues and pestilence show up again in the book of Revelation. Now to get back to what I, I was just going to say about this global government, a lot of these passages in the book of Revelation talk about this idea of globalism and things happening. Um, that this idea of pandemics and pestilence, it can really move things quickly forward towards a global government. So uh, Glenn Beck, of all people, um, I don't have cable, so it's not like I watch him a whole lot, but I saw a message he gave just a few weeks ago and it was related to COVID-19 in this very topic. Now, he wasn't talking about all the Bible verses in this. He was just talking about, whoa, what's going on here in terms of some sort of uh, uh, global governance coming into place. And he said this 
in summary of that special episode, which is probably um, over 45 minutes long, he said that what climate change could not do for the globalists, wow. Wow. pestilence is doing, will do, and can do rapidly. Yes. And here's what he was getting at, Eddie. It was like the idea of, um, you know, we've been having these uh, alarmist warnings over climate change. It used to be called global warming, of course. But when that didn't work out, they, they flipped it over to climate change. A any change now, they can yes. include it in yes. that category. <laughs> but here's the thing, is that it's to scare us. If you're going to have a global government, you need a global problem. If you have a global problem, you're going to need a global government solution to come in and save you, you know? So again, we're already getting our eyes off the savior and onto man's solution, and there's a lot to be said with that. However, as we saw, climate change just kind of limped along over the last couple decades. Yeah, maybe something will, will happen, it'll affect our lives, you know, in 10 years, 20 years, 50 years, 100 years. But there's, there's no pressing anxiety with it. Pestilence. COVID-19, it's going global. It's coming to your small town and the big towns are hotspots. You're gonna die within the next few months. Suddenly it's like, whoa. And what we do is we see people just across the globe and in this nation in the last two, three months, throw up their hands and say, government save me, yes. government help me. Yes. Government, tell me how often to wash my hands. Government, tell me to stay inside. And these kinds of messages, it quickly moves things along in terms of this idea of globalism. Absolutely, Dave, absolutely. Um, going back, I, I'm 67 years old. Okay. When I graduated from college, I remember reading a book in college about uh, uh, overpopulation, that the world cannot sustain the growth of our population. Okay, back in the, this was back in the 70s, all right? And then they talked, before the climate turned hot, it was going to be a nice age, Dave, back then, okay? And so we, we see these things. But as you said, um, with this COVID, it really accelerated how quickly even the church can give up our rights for, for say, what we think is safety or well-being, okay? We just, okay, government, tell us what to do, and we'll do it, okay? And it always comes that way. And even, let's just say, in some cases, it's not by evil, corrupt hearts. But right. let's just say, it, just, it always comes this way, and that is, this is for your mm. own good. It's for your safety that we take your rights away. <laughs> right. It's how all dictators have done it throughout human history. Yeah. You know? yeah. And so um, I definitely sense, sense that vibe. So Dave, not everybody uh, that is listening even today is familiar with this uh, term globalism in the Bible. Can you kind of mm -hmm. amplify that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. Globalism goes all the way back to Genesis 11 when we have the Tower of Babel, okay? And we see right away that God is not a big fan of globalism. That's not his plan. His plan is individual nations, and it's very important. It's a now message to every Christian in the whole world. I typically focus on America, but for the whole world, that when you see things like open borders, like policies that get us away from our individual national constitutional documents, and we're moving towards this idea, it's been throughout in human history um, uh, from the very beginning. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we see it in more recent times through somebody like Hitler. Did he have a plan for globalism? <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. He wanted to be the king of the entire earth. It yes. didn't work out so well. But the point is, is this kind of idea is throughout history. Now, 
Let me just explain something from about the last 20 to 30 years right up to the very moment that can help us to understand this. And that is, there's always been these voices about, you know, a one world government because we can solve these problems. We, if we have one world government, we shouldn't have any wars between nations. It sounds good. Remember, the enemy always comes with like, whoa, doesn't this look like a good idea? Like Adam and Eve biting the fruit and they get mesmerized and like, wow. That does look like a good idea. And then they eat the fruit. Well, it's the same thing with globalism. And so here's the thing. It's so out in the public now or in, in the news and everywhere. Uh, about a year and a half ago, I did a couple of insights videos on this very topic. I was quoting French, uh, the French president Emmanuel Macron and I was quoting Angela Merkel from Germany. They're like openly calling everybody to globalism. And they even, in some cases, it was like a chastisement to their own people yeah. for believing in nationalism. In other words, quit thinking about our country. Let's think about the world together, happiness and holding hands. And so this is right out in the open. But here's the thing with President George H.W. Bush. So back, he was elected in 1988, served for four years. He was known as the New World Order president. Yep. Doesn't that phrase, New World Order, doesn't it sound creepy? And it never took on because people thought it sounds creepy. <laughs> like, what are you trying to do to us? But he would couch it in this language of the international alliances. Whoa, what's that? The international alliances, that's code for one world government. And these kinds of ideas are at least moving us in that direction. Even if he didn't have it all figured out, it was definitely an intentional move to move us in that direction. Just fa fast forwarding to both um, his son, George W. Bush, and I would say uh, President Barack Obama, they, did, they didn't use this phrase New World Order because it had fallen out of vogue. But if you look at their policies and different things that happened under both those presidents, so we're talking about Republican and Democrat, if you look at that, there were things that were pushing us or opening the door toward this idea of global governance. And again, um, uh, how this can be pushed more quickly is through something that scares the population like a COVID-19. Yeah, that leads us right into uh, the WHO, the World Health Organization, in a sense is um, a globalistic organization. It's it's uni uh, United Nations, right? But United Nations was to unite the world, mm -hmm. okay? and uh, to come together with these different programs and, and things. But this is a great example with the World Health Organization. They want globalism. It's another form of trying to get us towards globalism. Well, again, with COVID-19, we've seen a lot of, of, of uh, debate over, over who, World Health Organization, within terms of like what they're saying, what different doctors are saying. It's like they want it to be to a point where uh, the who has ultimate authority over all doctors yes. of all nations. Yep. And that's scary because that could crush any dissenting voice in terms of going into another uh, another direction or maybe even finding the truth. It's not the, true that the World Health Organization is the as the corner of the truth. So yeah, you know, the, the World Health Organization would be a part of this in the United Nations and this kind of mindset. Yeah, and, and it, once again, uh, the second coming of Christ, it's all leading in that direction. Um, how about that uh, world leader that the Bible talks about uh, in Thessalonians, the the Antichrist? Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, the abomination of desolation. And this is this is what's going on. It's supposed to set things up for him. And I feel like this has been a miss or a great misunderstanding by so many Christians. It's like in our nation especially, there's this idea of no difficulty. Suddenly we're at the beginning of the seven year tribulation, we're raptured out of here, and suddenly there's Full, fully formed, fully uh, matured, there's a global government, the Antichrist just steps in and is ready. No, this would take decades, if not generations, or even longer to see such a governance come into a form where it's been accepted to a certain degree by the people, and then the Antichrist can come in. But yes, ultimately, that is where this is headed. And, and we can see that um, as incrementally globalism is taking uh, effect or, or it's taking hold in our minds, in the way we we do culture, uh, in our music. Everything is going that way, globalism, globalism, setting it up for the, the, uh, the Antichrist. Yeah, and I, I believe that we've missed out on God's heart for individual nations. He, again, created individual nations, again, starting in Genesis 10, but affirmed by Paul in Acts chapter 17. And, and then you even get into Revelations, talking about nations, and even after Jesus' second coming, at the very end of the whole Bible, Revelation uh, chapter 21, at the end of that chapter, in the beginning of chapter 22, we see nations. And God's heart has always been for individual nations. We work together, not that we get rid of borders and that uh, there's, there's just essentially a, a mindset of nations as being obsolete and we're moving on. That's, we're supposed to stand with God on this, even if we know prophetically things move in another direction. Yeah, I never heard, Dave, um, it's spoken back in, in chapter 11 of, of Genesis. I never saw that God wanted nations there, but you, that, you, that's a great, great point. And if you follow the theme of nations throughout the Bible, it's, uh, it's pretty interesting. So Dave, um, many people that we talk to, they just want things back to normal again. Uh, let's get rid of this COVID-19. Let's get on with our lives. Is there anything worse than COVID-19 coming? Well, as you know, I don't have a crystal ball, but I have the Bible. The Bible is crystal clear. It's not a crystal ball, it's a crystal book. <laughs> but the Bible clearly teaches that as we get closer to Jesus' return, things don't get easier mm. for anybody, for believers or non-believers. It's clear the trajectory, you look at every one of those chapters I mentioned earlier about what happens right before Jesus' second coming, Every place that talks about Jesus' second coming, things get more intense, more severe, more difficult. There's a shaking described in Hebrews 12, 28 and 29, that the whole world is shaken, that everything that can be shaken will be shaken. The only thing that survives is God and his kingdom and those on this earth that are part of his kingdom. And so, so this COVID-19, this is what I believe. I believe that it's a real issue. I believe that God has purposes in it. I believe it's been politicized. I also believe that the enemy is trying to capitalize on this. I've blogged on that and other kinds of things. However, ultimately, this is not the worst thing we're going to face. This is something that God is using to train us mm. so that we respond in faith. So we learn to stand firm now in terms of what God is teaching us, showing us in his word, and that we respond in faith and we're salt and light in the culture. And I'll say this, Eddie, for those people that did not learn 
that lesson in this last pandemic, I do not think it's going to go well for them in the mm. future pandemic. This is about training. And I need to highlight one other passage here, and that would be Revelation chapter 6, verse 8. And specifically, this is when the seven seals are opened throughout Revelation 6. And it gets to verse 8, and we're on to the fourth horseman. The fourth seal is open, and it specifically talks about that there will be pestilence and sordid or wars, famine in those last days. And it specifically mentions um, this idea of pandemics. And so we've already see seen czars and MERS and now COVID-19. I don't know if it'll be exactly a disease, a sickness like this. I would suggest it, it probably would be, but there could be other kinds of plagues that the, the book of Revelation unpacks and other things. We need to be responding in faith through all of it. In, uh, in John 16, verse 33, it says that Jesus Jesus is talking, he says, I have overcome the world. Mm -hmm. We chance. need to realize that as believers, the overcomer lives within us in the Holy Spirit. And we're called to be overcomers. We're going to have to overcome. You know, a, a couple uh, of Insights videos, I've, I've mentioned Revelation, the churches there in chapters 2 and 3. Jesus challenges all of them to be overcomers because of these days. We need to be prepared for this kind of difficulty and we need to respond in faith. We need to be overcomers. Amen. Amen. Dave, that, that is so crucial that we learn that lesson uh, of uh, hanging on to Christ because he's the, our only answer at this time and in the future to come. If we're not overcoming right now, listen, it's not going to get any better, like you just said. It's not going to get any better. And certainly we can have a reprieve at times. It's not always that things are equally intense. But right. overall, right. I'm not looking, as Jesus talked about birth pangs, I'm not looking for less frequency and less pain. Any woman who's given birth will tell you it's greater frequency, greater pain leading up to that birth, which we look forward to as Jesus' Amen. second coming. Uh, the Word tells us that... Uh, the path for the righteous gets brighter and brighter. So in the midst of this conflict, in the midst of this darkness that's coming upon the world, uh, in the midst of the pandemic, uh, plagues, whatever might come, turmoil, um, if we have our eyes on Jesus, our path will be brighter and brighter. That means that our life will shine. It will shine in the midst of Plagues, Darkness. yes, it's going to shine. Okay, mm -hmm. how's it going to shine? Well, we're, others are going to see how we live and it'll glorify God and they'll begin to ask questions. Hey, how can you be happy in this turmoil? Mm -hmm. And then we can present. And I might suggest maybe replace the word happiness with confidence and peace. But we will have that as we walk with Amen. Christ. I want to encourage everybody watching this video today to have confidence and peace in Christ, but it requires overcoming, it requires being full of faith, it requires expecting these kinds of things. Amen. So Eddie, it's been good to have you here again. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for giving us a now message. Amen. Thank you, Dave. It's been a pleasure. And we look forward to being with you next time on Insights. <laughs>